0: Again, you're going to hear it all day. Happy Father's Day. And in your bulletin, when you came in, you can see as you take that out that there is a place for your notes that you can take out your notes and follow along. And there's more information in your bulletin, so check that out also. I would like to welcome all those who are visiting and those of you who have been with us this Father's Day weekend out island or out of state. So would we welcome all those that are visiting with us this morning. Let's thank them for being here. And in your bulletin, there's a, there's a tear-off tab. And if this is your first time or you're visiting, if you could fill that out, that'll be great. Uh, it'll help us to stay connected with you. Also, and this is where we can uh, catch this. Let's not miss this part, especially for the fathers. Because our normal way we're doing breakfast is a little different today because of Father's Day. But for the fathers, and some of you have already eaten breakfast, but for the fathers... We have a special breakfast for you that that is, you don't need to purchase it, it's for free. That you have steak and eggs this morning with mac salad. I mean, only in Hawaii you're going to have that kind of breakfast with mac salad this early in the morning. But we're not done with that. And then for dessert, you have apple pie. But you can't have apple pie without ice cream. So we have apple pie a la mode. I mean, not a la mode, but like a la mode. So we just want to say thank you to the fathers today and that you would be blessed in that kind of way. Also, you receive a gift. Some of you have already received it. No, it's not lipstick. The women are like, ooh, lipstick, lipstick. No, it's not lipstick. It's a flashlight in that box. So there's a scripture on there that we're going to be talking about today. But it's a, it's a gentle reminder of, of how we can become strong and courageous men in God. In fact, we're ending our series today. Pastor Jerry was talking a little bit about what happened this weekend. We had our movie night last night with the movie Courageous. And if you've seen that movie, then you, you can see the impact of it. Uh, and so that's part of it with that flashlight uh, for us to be strong and courageous. So take that as a gift for you fathers today. And for the rest of us, we still have breakfast and things like that available uh, that you can uh, purchase. And... Outside in the tent, that's where the fathers are going to get their breakfast. So there's two locations, okay? The normal place in the kitchen, and then the fathers can make their way over to the courtyard tent and then get their special breakfast, okay? But we're going to dig in this morning and, and see what God's Word says about how we can be men who are courageous. Because something changes in the family when dads are courageous. Something happens in our communities when dads are courageous, Sometimes we grow up in an environment where we don't know what it means to be courageous. But when dads are courageous, families become stronger. Our work environment becomes stronger and better when dads are courageous. There's a a thought when we come to a place in life that, well, what if I didn't have a good father? What then? How do I become a courageous father? We must always remember that Not all parents are perfect, but we have a perfect father in heaven. He is the best example of what a father should be. Fathers are given the authority to lead their families well. God has given us that authority and he calls us to step up to that position to be the fathers he created us to be. And so we're going to find out what can happen when dads are courageous enough to take lead in the home spiritually. Sometimes we think, well, you know, if my wife goes to church, that's great. If my children, my family goes to church, that's fine. I'll be at home. You guys go to church and then when you go to church, come back, give me the notes, let me know what happened. Or we say it like this because I used to do this, Heidi, you go to church. With my wife, I would say, Heidi, you go to church and then pray for me. And then let me know what happened. But the reality is that God has called us as fathers to be the head of the household. It's interesting that Like the world turned that around. Part of our vision, and I see it happening today, our vision here at New Hope is that the fathers, especially on Father's Day, this would be the highest attended service in the entire year. Not for numbers sake, but so that as fathers, we can become strong and courageous fathers. Strong and courageous men. Although we'll be talking about fathers a whole lot this morning, every single one of us can receive because it's the Word of God. So the word of God is not it's not just for fathers, it's not just for mothers, it's for every single person because we're all created by God. And so we all can receive from God this morning. Every single father is courageous. Every single father is courageous to one degree or another. Every single father has courage. What we want to learn is what happens when dads are courageous and living for God as well as how to step up to that kind of living. Many of us have never been given the mentorship or the parenting to step up into the role of father. We don't know what that looks like. I grew up without a father. I was seven years old when my dad left. And then I was a teenager when he passed away. So I didn't really understand what it meant or what it looked like to be a father when I had children. But once I found Jesus Christ, once I found the Heavenly Father, then He gave me an accurate picture of what a a father should be. And so that's why we want to learn from God. Because all dads are different. All our dads are different in so many ways. Moms and dads are different in in so many ways. Families are different. We all grow up in different environments. Some of us grew up under the father who was very lenient... Very lenient. And, and it was, Nah, no worry. no worry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Ah, you don't no need go school today. Yeah, you look a little bit sick. Yeah, no need. No need. But then the mother was on the other side bringing the balance. And so dad would be like, No, no need to go school. You look sick. And mom would be like, No, you're going to school. I don't care if you're dying right now. I don't care if your fever is 115. Yeah, I know you have a test today. You're going to school today. If you start throwing up blood, then you come home. You go to the health room. Yeah. And they, if they call me, then you come home. But we had that balance between parenting. Some of us had strict parents. Or maybe our father was strict. And you had to be home at a certain time, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whatever time it was. And if it was one minute past or 30 seconds past, he's looking at his watch, you're 30, 32 seconds, 33 seconds late. You're 33 seconds late, you're grounded for life. Some of us had that strict kind of father. I grew up in a military home. Some of us grew up under that kind of parenting. Or maybe our fathers grew up in the military. We're getting up at 0400 in the morning. We're eating breakfast all together. Every one of us. But then I'm tired. No, everybody up this morning. Come on, everybody get up. We're going to weed whack this morning. We're weed whacking today. We're going to build a rock wall. Six feet. Today. And we're tired. No dad. And some of us may have grew, we've grown up in that kind of, that kind of environment. Some of us, like myself, may not have had a father growing up. Or maybe this is the first Father's Day without your father. Maybe he passed away this year. Maybe some of us grew up where our parents split up and so we didn't see our fathers. And, or maybe we're in an abusive situation and, and so we don't know what it means to be the kind of father God wants us to be. We only do what we know and what we've been taught. But God... He has a greater picture for us as fathers than what we can see in the world. And in your notes, you can, you can take out your notes, and it's found in 1 Peter 1.18. And it says this, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom He paid was not mere gold or silver. Now, that's a New Living Translation. Let me read to you the American Standard Version. Knowing that ye were redeemed, not with corruptible things, with silver or gold, from your vain manner of life, handed down from your fathers. Some of us have been handed down certain character traits, certain uh, talents, certain habits. We've been handed down that kind of lifestyle from our fathers, from our ancestors. Many of us battle with what we've been handed down. I think God is saying, if you look at your past, if you look at your ancestors, if you look at your fathers, and you see that there are some things in there that is not pleasing to me, He says, I've redeemed you. You're no longer to live that way. You're no longer to live with the kind of abusive situation that your father brought to you. You don't need to live like that anymore. You don't need to pass that on. Yeah, but that's all I know. That's how I was brought up. Yes, but you've been redeemed. God has a brand new start for you. In other words, what the Bible is saying is someone has to stop the cycle that's been going on for past generations. Some of you are fourth generation drug addicts. Some of you are third generation alcoholics seventh generation abusive situations i say let's rise up as fathers and stop that cycle so that we can be the generation that brings in the faith of god to the next generation after us then when our aunts, when our children our, our legacy and and those who follow us when they look back at their history and they trace back they can say it stopped here at this point in life it will be this generation that we will rise up and say no more. No more. Yeah, maybe my dad used his hands to beat me, but I'm using my hands to pray for my kids. I will be that generation. I'm going to rise up to that. Why? Because God said I could. Maybe I've been handed down some things God says I re- I have redeemed you from that. I've called you to live a different lifestyle from that of your forefathers. We've been ransomed. We've been redeemed. Here's some statistics that talk about what will happen when there's a fatherless home. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%. 90% of runaways and homeless come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. Now, that's the negative. Let me give you the positive because this is what we want to focus on. Children with involved loving fathers are significantly more likely to do well in school, have healthy self-esteem, exhibit empathy and pro-social behavior, and avoid high-risk behaviors such as drug use, truancy, and criminal activity compared to children who have uninvolved fathers. Now here's where we battle with, in today's generation, It used to be where it's the father not being at home that created a difficult situation. Today, we're experiencing a a different kind of battle. It's the father who is physically at home, but he's not there mentally or spiritually. They're present, but they're only present there physically. Here's one of the battles that we face today, and, and it's we're trying to figure out how to how to solve this and i believe god god's word can can solve this that the father at home although at home is not with the family now you may be a father who's at home and you spend your time with your family and that's fine but there are some who are at home and i've i've walked this walk i'm at home but i'm always on video games i'm always on the computer I'm all, and maybe not always. That's too strong of a word. Most of my time was on the games or the computer. Now we have technology that we have the world's information at our fingertips, and so our time, without even knowing it, and it's not our intention. Our intention is not to take away from the family. It just robs us of time. If any of you are gamers, you cannot spend 15 minutes on that. It's like the game just started. It's like you're gonna spend 15 hours on the thing. But think about it. What value will that bring to my entire family if it's robbing my time as a father to my children? What value will that bring? Some of us, and I've said this before yeah, but I play with my kids. And then your kids leave and you're still going. There's a battle that's happening. And it's not necessarily with that. But it's just the father who's at home, but is not at home. Now, that's not to bring any negative, but it is to bring some thought to us. Because I believe we can be men who rise up to be the fathers God created us to be, to be in tune with our children. See, the job one generation does in raising the next one often begins a cycle. But we can break that cycle We need to know our history of our family well so that we can learn what to do and what not to do. God has some answers for that. You may ask yourself, well, what did God redeem me from? What did he redeem me from? And you may ask yourself that question, but I think the more important question is, why did God redeem me from that kind of lifestyle that has been handed down to me. Why did He redeem me? Well, we're going to look at three solid principles, some basic principles that the Word of God can give to us and how we can become dads who are courageous. And for all of us, we can apply this, but the first thing is to strengthen my soul. Strengthen my soul. That's how we can be courageous in living for God and to rise up to His standards is to strengthen my soul. Now, as fathers... And as men in general, we love strengthening our physical body. We love exercising. We love running. We love lifting weights. We love uh, the nutritional things. We love bodybuilding. We like getting muscular. Some of you are thinking, no, I used to like doing that. But now I don't. I just have to say this, every single one of us is in a shape. (laughs) we're all in a a shape. But that's the physical side. And we love taking care of the physical body, but God is much more concerned about what is happening in our soul. So I want to encourage all of us, and, and yes, we need to be healthy, but God is more concerned about our inside not our outside. He's not looking at what we look like on the exterior. He's always looking at our soul, our heart, what's happening on the inside. So, if anything, that's what I wanna strengthen. I wanna strengthen my soul because that is what's gonna outlast my physical body. To strengthen my soul. Now, what do we use to strengthen our soul? Because we'll use weightlifting to strengthen our physical body, but what do we use to strengthen our soul? Well, what we're doing today. We're in church. We're hearing the Word of God together. We're learning together the Word of God. We're in His presence. We're among the body of Christ to strengthen one another, to lift each other up. That's one of the ways we strengthen our soul. Some of you are involved in our discipleship, our New Hope New Life classes. That's a way to strengthen your soul. Some of you are involved in our worship or serving. That's a way to strengthen your soul. Some of you, you read the Word of God, and you get into the Bible, and you read, and you strengthen your soul. If you don't know how to read the Bible, our bookstore has wonderful journals that will help you to get into the Word of God and journal and learn and pray. Our discipleship classes, our New Hope, New Life, helps with learning about the Bible, learning how to pray, learning the basics of, of Christianity. It strengthens our soul. Making godly commitments strengthen our soul. Some of you have made a commitment to serve or you've made a commitment to to be involved or to be in church. And you've made that godly commitment. God honors that. And he says your soul will be strengthened because of these godly commitments. Some of us, we listen to worship songs. We download worship songs or we have a CD or we play it and we, we just have worship songs. It strengthens our soul. See, the world is pulling at our soul. It tries to drain our soul, not fill it. It tries to weaken our soul, not strengthen it. It's God who wants to strengthen our soul. But He needs us to be engaged with what He's doing. We need to do our part and not just let our souls die. And it's not just coming to church or or a Sunday thing. It's a part of it. But every day of the week. To ask God to strengthen our soul. This week, Wednesday, we have our resolution ceremony. And some of you were given this card. And that's what it's all about. On one side, it's talking about the resolution ceremony that comes out of the movie, Courageous. And some of us were here last night for our movie night. And we got to see the movie together. But some of us didn't. And maybe you haven't seen the movie. You can still be here on Wednesday. I want to encourage you fathers... All of us as fathers to be here on Wednesday because we're going to sign a declaration, a resolution that says we're going to be the fathers God created us to be. And you might feel like, oh boy, I'm going to come from work and I'm going to be dirty. You can go take a shower in there, bring extra clothes. We will do everything possible so that you can be here. Yeah, but what about dinner? We're still going to be serving dinner on Wednesday night. Don't give the devil an opportunity to rob you from this wonderful commitment. And then we're going to all together as fathers make this commitment. We're going to pray together. We're going to stand together as family and say to our Father in Heaven, this is our commitment to you. The reason why we're giving it so much time is because this is something we need to pray and think about. It's not something that we're going to take lightly. We're going to make this resolution, this commitment to God and to our family to be the fathers He created us to be. We may have never done that before. Let's do something different for God. Let's do something different in our lives so that we can rise up to be strong and courageous. And so you have all the information here. And then to tag it on, this coming weekend, we have our, 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 our Men of Steel conference for all of the men. And this conference is talking about how we can be that the, the men that God called us to be because there's things that are going to be pulling at us, but to be men of steel who will not waver to the left or the right, but will still follow God. And so this whole entire Father's Day weekend leading into next week is is done on purpose so that we can be motivated and build that kind of momentum to be the fathers God made us to be. And so if you didn't get one of these, they'll be handing it out at the end. Or you can go online, newhopehilo.org, and you can get more information that way. But this is how the Bible puts it. Mark 8, 36, it says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You know what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying that there's going to be things pulling at your soul. There's going to be be a mindset that says you must profit, you must make it big, you must be successful. And that's great to do. But if you lose your own soul in the process, what profit is there? God has a better way. He says, you focus on your soul, you strengthen your soul, I can make you successful on both sides. I'll make you successful with your spiritual walk with me, and I'll make you successful in life. That's the only one that promises both. If we just go out to make big profits, and we go out into the world to be successful without God, without strengthening our soul, we may hit only one of them. But the Bible says, what profit is there if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? I've never seen someone on their deathbed say, I'm glad I made it big. You know what they're saying? I'm so thankful for my family. Tell my children I love them. At that point in life, it, it comes down to our soul. So the Bible says, strengthen our soul. Many of us are a living testimony of strengthening our soul. Like me, growing up in a fatherless home, we met God and God changed us. He strengthened our soul. And now you're a living testimony of what God can do when we ask Him to strengthen our souls. Now, I don't know what's worse. Having that kind of wonderful testimony or going through that difficult time and then come to God, and He changes us, or to say, God, I'm not going to go through that. I'm just going to follow You. I think they're both powerful testimonies. I think they're both powerful in itself. But really, the main issue is that, are we going to God to say, strengthen my soul? First Peter two eleven, it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Did you know that your soul is at war right now? That there are things grabbing at your soul to take away from what God is doing in it. You may not recognize it, but it's there. It's in our soul. There's a war that's going on that the world wants to pull away what God is doing inside of us. There's so many fleshly lusts and distractions that wage war against our soul. And we can step up and say, enough. We will defeat this because God said I could. That's why we need to strengthen our soul. See, I think a a father's greatest fear... A father's greatest fear is failure. We feel like we didn't do a good job. We could have done better. I should have done this. That's our greatest fear. Did I do well as a father? But I tell you, when we strengthen our soul... And God starts to build our soul then He's the one that moves in and through us to become the fathers that we know we can be. But we need Him to do that. Strengthen your soul. And then the second thing is to serve the Lord with intention. Serve Him with intention. And what we mean by that is that there's something happens when we as fathers rise up. There's something happens when we as people rise up to say, I'm going to serve the Lord with intention. I'm not just going to let my family go by the wayside. I'm going to do things intentionally. I'm going to do things on purpose. Some of you serve in ministry, and that's a way for you to to build your relationship with God. And it it strengthens you. But when you serve the Lord with intention, then He starts to teach us things that we would never learn. And the Bible says that Jesus is found among the servants. So if you want to be close to Christ, serve Him. Be around others who serve Him. Some of you, God has gifted you. He's given you abilities, and, and He's gifted you in such a way to be used for Him. And he says, if you use your giftings for me, I can do anything in your life. Because that's why I created you. I created you with this ability. Serve him with intention. Not just in ministry, but serve him at home. Serve him at work. Now I know some of you, you might say, yeah, but I'm the boss. I I don't know. How am I going to serve my employees? They're going to think I'm weak. If I go to work and I start serving people, they're going to think I'm weak and then they're going, to, they're going to take over or they're going to run me over. No, they're not. They're not going to think you're weak. The greatest strength you and I can have is that of a servant. That's the greatest strength. You know how, you know how much strength it requires for us to be a servant? It takes more strength for us to serve than to be served. Jesus said that. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That's the greatest strength you and I can have. That's not weakness. That's strength. I don't know how to do that at work. What if what if I, I go to work and I start serving and, and they're asking me, Oh, what? Are you, why are you so nice today? What am I supposed to say? Oh, I'm serving the Lord today. What do I say? You don't need to say anything. You just serve. You just serve. Maybe they might ask, Hey, what happened to you? You're different today. Well, first of all, that might say something about our character, but the other thing might be that maybe they're wondering why. and Maybe they really want to know. You can take them on the side and you can say, You know what? The greatest strength that I've ever learned was from Jesus Christ. And that is the strength of the servant. Then they might look at you a little weird and say, Oh, Okay. And that's it. But you do your part. You do what God has asked you to do. Serve with intention. Serve Him. And in everything you do, when we serve Him, He jumps in and strengthens us to do so. In the book of Joshua, Joshua 24, and it's in your notes, they were coming into the promised land. They were, they were, this is after the generation that went through the wilderness that were, uh, Set free from the slavery of Egypt. And Moses was leading them out. But now Joshua takes over. And Joshua takes over from Moses. And now Joshua has to make a commitment. He has to, he has to draw the line with the whole congregation, the, the whole nation. And he addresses the nation because they're now following all these other gods. They met some gods along the way. Small G gods. And now they're doing their own thing. And so now Joshua addresses the people in Joshua 24:15. 15. He says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But then he says this, and let's read this part together. Ready, go. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, Joshua made that strong commitment. In other words, what Joshua exemplified was there's going to be people who are going to follow their own ways. There's going to be people in your own family, your relatives, that will do their own thing. They may not follow God, but you will stand and say, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, but you're weird. That's religious. That's you're fanatical. Yeah, oh man, you're 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 brainwashed, you're all that. I understand all of that. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh man, you're going down the drain. They only, they, they only want, they just want your money. They just want this. They want that. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I can guarantee you this. When you can stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you follow God. One day, they will come to you and they will say, I need help. I need help. People in darkness seek out the light. Because everyone wants to find their way home. Someone needs to stand to be the light to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I believe that will be us. That we will say, yes, all of this will happen. Yes, the media says this. Yes, yeah, this pastor failed at that. Yes, this person did that. Yep, this is on the news. Yeah, Christianity has some bad rap to it. Yes, this religion has some bad rap. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not going to follow all that. I'm going to follow the Lord and we be the light. I believe one of my greatest commitments as a father was to say as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. I can't imagine what my life would look like, what my children's lives would look like if we did not make that commitment as a family. Oh, I went through many ups and downs. I made many mistakes as a as a father, but as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Make that commitment See, when a father serves Jesus with intention, his family grows stronger. Why? Because now he's doing what Jesus would do. He's speaking how Jesus would speak. He's thinking with the mind of Christ. And we all can become those people that God looks to to strengthen. Because we've made that commitment to follow Him. Isn't it true that that the people you hang around with the most, you become more and more like them? You hang around mechanics. They talk about tools all day. Hey, you got the new power tool. Yeah, only nineteen ninety nine, Huh? You got them on sale. Yeah. Ah, I should have returned mine. Oh, I got this new tool. I got this. I got that. Same. You hang around construction workers. They'll be talking about the same thing. You hang around sports fans. Same thing. If you're for heat or OKC, you're you're talking about the same thing. Mechanics you can tell because if you hang around them long enough you, you begin to look and, and, and you, you start to get dirty like them too. Mechanics need to get dirty. If you're a mechanic you have oil on your hands and your fingernails and in your fingerprints. That's just, it just goes with the territory. Those of you who love technology, you love computers, you all talk the same. Hey, you got the new phone, the iPhone 4S. Yeah, what do you got? Oh, I have the Samsung 4LTE. What? You never get Wi-Fi. No, I got Wi-Fi. What? Do you have a hotspot? I don't want a hotspot. Why you never get a hotspot? I oh, only have a screen. You still get the old one, flip phone. Yeah. Some of you guys are like, what are you talking about, hotspot? I just had a hot flash. What are you talking about? But you, you hang around the same people. It's like you conform to one another. And that's why the Bible says serve. Serve God with intention. Serve the Lord with intention. Because when you do so, you become just like the greatest servant of them all. You become like Jesus Christ. Not just here at church, but at home, at work, with our children, with our family, our spouse. Everywhere we go, we become more and more like Jesus because we're stepping up saying, I'm going to serve the Lord with intention. I'm going to do my best as a father, as a husband, as a wife. As a mother, as a woman of God, as a child of God, serve the Lord with intention. And then here's the last thing, and this one, we must know this. Know that God is with me. Know that God is with me. When you know that God is with you, it changes the entire game. No, In fact, circle that word, know, after you write it. Circle it, underline it, highlight it, whatever you have to do. Know that God is with me. See, I think when we know that God is with us, it changes everything. Have you ever been like on a team when you're young? Maybe a football team. And maybe you played uh, outside on the street. You know, you're just playing football on the road. uh, And you're just, you know, between you and your friends or cousins. But then the other team is stacked. Like they have all the best players on their team. And then you have like all the, the weaker players on your team. But then you call your uncle or your dad. And then they're so good And you're like 10 years old, but your uncle guys are in their 20s. But they're really good. And so you you get a little bit more bold and a little bit more courageous. And you say, you know what? All you guys against me and my uncle. That's all we need. All you guys against me and my dad. That's all we need. And it's not because I'm better or I'm good. It's because they are. When I know that they're with me. It builds confidence in me. didn't change my talents. didn't change my skills. But I got that much more courageous because I'm on their side. And God says the very same thing. He says, I will always be there with you. So wherever you are in life, always remember what team you're on and whose team you're on. That any time a weakness or failure or you feel like you're not doing well as a father, you stop and say, I can take on anyone. I can do this. Because I got God on my team. That's the team I'm on. I don't feel like I'm doing well as a father. Yeah, but I got God on my team. I can. When God is on our team, anything is possible. Anything. He will strengthen us. That's his promise to us. He said he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Why? Because he is our father. We may not have a perfect father, but we have a perfect father in heaven. He's the one we follow. And he says, when you're on my team, all things are possible. Doesn't matter what your background looks like, where you came from, what's been handed down to you. I am your father. I will strengthen you. Do not be dismayed. I will give you the power you need. And he says this in Joshua nine. Here's the hope. This is my command. God commands this because he knows his fathers. We have a hard time grabbing instructions and following it. He says, This is my command. He says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, he commands us because we, as fathers, we, for some reason, and maybe, I don't know if everyone, but I think me as a dad or even as a man, I don't read instructions. I can get the most complicated grill. And not read the instructions. Have five screws left over, one wheel missing, but it still works. For some reason, it's like it's inside of us not to grab instructions. You get lost, your wife, your spouse says, hey, let's ask for directions. No, 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 no." we just got to head south. We'll get there one day. We're on an island, honey. Malcolm Mackay. Mountain ocean, just in case you didn't know what I said. For some reason, it's inside of us. So God says, I command you. I command you, which means it's possible for us to be strong and courageous because God is with us wherever we go. We can be strong and courageous. He says, strengthen yourselves, not in the ways of the world, but in the promise and presence of God. Now, you might be thinking, well, why is all of this important? It's very encouraging. I want to be a man of courage. The father that God created me to be, the person he made me to be. Why is that so important? Because you and I will leave a legacy for our children's children's children. That's how far it'll go. I pray that many of us will be that pivotal point in our heritage that our grandchildren, great-grandchildren will look up to and say, that changed everything. What he did Back in 2012. Changed our entire lineage. Changed our entire family. God says you can be strong and courageous. Now, I want us as fathers do something. And it's just to solidify some things that God is doing. And God says you can be strong and courageous. And I want the fathers this morning. And, and I don't know who are the fathers. But I'm going to clap. And when I do, just say, be strong and courageous. God has called us to be strong and courageous. He's called us as fathers to rise up. When you feel like a failure, be strong and courageous. Now we're going to do that with all the might that we have. When you feel like you can't, be strong and courageous. I'm going to invite our men to come out and they're going to they're sing with us this morning. But one more time. Be strong and courageous. When the world tries to pull you away from God, be strong and courageous. When you feel like you can't go anymore, be strong and courageous. When someone says you're a loser, you can't make it on your own, be strong and courageous. When the devil whispers to you that you can no longer follow God because you made a mistake, be strong and courageous. God the Father in heaven loves it when we do this. When we say to God, we, we just want to be with you and where you are and, and, and be who you made us to be. This morning we have many of our fathers here this morning. I just want to say as the pastor of this church, it is an honor to have you fathers here this morning. It is a joy to do what we do to encourage our fathers. For all the times you felt like you couldn't and maybe for all the times that no one said thank you or appreciated you, I want you to receive this from God that God the Father says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Just the fact that you made it here today does something to our Father in heaven. Like it would us as fathers with our children. I want to honor you fathers this morning. And so I I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but I really want to honor you this morning. And I believe we all want to honor the fathers this morning. If you are a father, I'm going to ask if you would stand to your feet this morning. And we just want to applaud you today and say Happy Father's Day. Go ahead. All the fathers, could you stand this morning? Be proud of being a father. Be proud of being a dad. to ask all of us to stand up this morning if we could all rise to our feet and we're going to close in prayer. You've seen the fathers around you and you might be next to one of them. That may be your father. I'm going to ask if if you could, if that's your your father or if that's your your spouse, you could just put your hand on their shoulder and we're going to pray. Let's all bow our heads. We pray to you, our heavenly father. We thank you for giving us this assignment of being an earthly father. There's no greater joy than to walk in the calling you have for our lives. And so I pray for each father this morning that you would strengthen us. Give us the strength and courage we need to be the fathers you made us to be. That we would rise up regardless of what has been handed down to us. You have redeemed us. And so we walk in that. Thank you for strengthening us today. I pray for our families. That as family, Lord, we would be the strong and courageous family you always meant us to be. I pray together that we would become strong. There may be some this morning, Lord, that maybe they don't know how to become strong. Maybe they're saying, I need you, God. So, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that has never given you their heart, I pray they pray this prayer. And if that's you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross for me and I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. Help me to be strong and courageous. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer out loud, or if you said it in your heart, you said it to God, could you just lift the hand? I want to pray for you. God's blessing over you. Good. God bless you. God bless you back there. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. God bless you. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. He sees yours on this side. Many on this side. God sees your hand. A whole bunch right there, back there. God sees your hands. God sees your hand. He sees your heart. He sees your eternity. Anybody else? You said that prayer. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray your blessing over those that said yes to you. That as they walk with you, they will remember this day that you have strengthened them. I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would rise up to be strong and courageous because that's the kind of God we serve. And so I thank you and we praise you for being our heavenly father. Happy Father's Day, dad. In your name we pray and we all said, amen. Can we applaud all those that said yes to